When we hit the wall, we need to seek God, surrender it all to Him, stand amazed at what He can do, and by faith throw our hats over the wall, and then follow Jesus over as He helps us over. And He'll do just that. Welcome to the weekly podcast of Independent Methodist Church in Macon, Mississippi. It is our hope that this message will encourage you, strengthen your faith, and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. The title of our message today is Scale the Wall. There are times in our lives where we get thrown a curveball. Something happens and we feel as if we're defeated and we can't go on. It's a hopeless situation. Maybe it's due to a death. It could be due to a mountain of debt. Maybe there's a diagnosis of disease that we were not expecting. Or it could be that we have a deadlocked relationship with a friend or a coworker. All of these things could be something that catches us off guard that that kind of gets us behind the eight ball. We feel like we're up against the wall. Have you had those times? Sure you have, just like I have. But what do you do when you're at the end of your rope? You feel like you're at the end of the rope. What do you do? Another author said if you feel like you're at the end of the rope, if you ask a realist what their advice would be if you're at the end of your rope, a realist would tell you just tie a note and hang on, tie a, a, a knot and hang on. A pessimist would tell you, you might as well let go. It's not going to get any better. An optimist, on the other hand, would tell you to keep tying knot after knot, keep climbing, keep climbing. All of those bits of advice have some merit. But what do you do when you're at the end of your rope, when you feel like you've hit the wall, feeling that you've hit rock bottom? There's a song the judge recorded back some time ago. And the song said, when you hit rock bottom, you've got two ways to go, straight up or sideways. You can't go any lower. So this morning as we read from this passage, 2 Kings chapter 4, we're going to learn some things about what to do when we get against, hit that wall, when we hit that rock bottom. We study this widow here in 2 Kings chapter 4. We'll learn some things we can apply to our lives as we seek to find out how to scale that wall. Let's read together, starting in verse 1, 2 Kings chapter 4. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord, but now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, How can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a little oil. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars as each is filled. Put it to one side. She left him and afterwards shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring When all the jars were full, she said to her son, Bring me another one. But he replied, There's not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, Go, sell the oil and pay your debts. 
you and your sons can live on what is left. Let's pray. Father, speak to our hearts this morning through the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord. Help us to see the truths that are found in your word. It's in Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. So when life throws us a curve, when life has us up against the wall, what do you do? How do you respond? I think the first thing we need to do, we need to seek God first. Seek godly counsel first. When we get up against the wall, seek godly counsel first. Now this woman was surely in a tough spot. She was a widow. Her husband had died. He had left her a mountain of debt. And the creditors were threatening to come and take her sons and make them slaves. Now this seems foreign to us today. But in the law of Moses, this was legal. If you owed a debt, you could be taken as an indentured servant or as a slave until the debt was paid off or until the next jubilee year rolled around, whichever came first. So it wasn't out of the ordinary for this to take place. But she was in a tough spot. And she seeks God. She calls out to Elisha, the man of God. She tells him her problems. When we get in a tough spot, what do we do? Do we seek God first? Oftentimes we don't. But the word says in Matthew 6 and verse 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. But so many times we don't do that. We don't seek God first, like we ought to be doing. Most of the time we look at ourselves and at our inadequacies and our failures. And we can't see a way around the wall. We throw a pity party for ourselves and say, woe is me. How many times have you said or how many times have you heard someone else say, well, it looks like there's nothing left to do but pray. Friend, that ought to be the first thing we do. We need to seek God first. Seeking His counsel. There's been some times in my life and 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 when Renee and I, since Renee and I have been married, where something would come up and we needed to seek godly counsel. And it's such a help to do that. See, if the widow had not gone and inquired of Elisha, then she would, and she had not sought godly counsel first, then she would have missed the miracle that was about to take place. She would have missed it. Because God can provide for our needs. He provides more than we need. Philippians 4 and verse 19 says, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of His glory in Christ Jesus. You know, I wonder, how many times have you and I missed a blessing because we're busy looking at our circumstances and wallowing in our own pity puddle rather than looking to the Savior and looking for His provision? How many blessings have we missed because of that? Because we didn't seek God first. I wonder how many sleepless nights this widow had. Worrying about her situation, thinking of herself, looking at that wall in front of her and thinking there's no way. But in a moment, God reveals to her the answer when he seeks, she seeks him. How many sleepless nights have you had? How many days have you spent worrying about something that looked insurmountable? How much time have you wasted that you can never get back? I wanted to discover, as this widow woman did, when you meet God, you seek God's counsel. 
He gives you the answer that you're seeking. He wants us to cast our cares upon Him. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7 says, 7 says, Cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. As soon as she reached out to God, as soon as she reached out to the prophet Elijah, God reveals to her the answer. He began to help her. Notice the first thing that Elisha said there to her when she told him all her problems. In verse 2 he says, How can I help you? How can I help you? Our God is always there, ready to help. We just have to seek Him first. Listen to Psalm 46. Speaking of God being an ever-present help and ready to help. Psalm 46 says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. Friend, the first thing we need to do when we get up against the wall, seek God. Seek Him first. And the second thing we need to do, we need to surrender what we have to God. Not only do we need to seek Him first, but we need to surrender to Him. When she reached out to the man of God, the first response that Elisha gave her was, how can I help you? God's waiting on us to seek Him and He's waiting on us to surrender to Him. I surrender all, we sing. But then the next thing it says, when He asked her, how can I help you? The next thing He asked her, tell me what do you have in your house? What do you have in your house? And her response is, I don't have hardly anything except a little jar of oil. Isn't that the way we do when we get asked to serve in some way, we ask to, to reach out to someone for God. I can't do a whole lot. I don't have much to give. That's the way we do. Friend, God can take what little bit you think you have. It looks so insignificant in your eyes. And He can use that to do miraculous things. He can use that little bit to meet monumental needs. We just have to surrender it to Him. Turn it over to him. Elisha asked her, what do you have? This is the same question Jesus asked the disciples when he was about to feed the 5,000. That crowd had been there all day. It was late in the day. And Jesus says, feed them. You feed them. And they start coming up with excuse after excuse. There's too many. They've been here too long. It would take a half a year's wages to feed this many people. But then Jesus asked them a question. It's about the same question that Elisha asked this lady. He says to them, how many loaves do you have? Basically he's saying, what do you have? What do you have in the house? Same question he asked the widow. What do you have? And you know the rest of the story. Five loaves and two fishes and they fed 5,000 men. And what seems small and insignificant in the shadow of that wall, in the shadow of that problem, when it was surrendered to Jesus, when it was placed in the Master's hands, He multiplied it and made it more than enough. It says everyone was fed. In, Mark, in Mark's account of that feeding of the 5,000, says in verse 42 of Mark chapter 6, they all ate and were, finished, and were satisfied. And there were 
baskets left over, 12 baskets left over. God is, has a way of taking what we think is small and insignificant and multiplying and making it more than it needs to be, more, more than we need. In a similar fashion, in the Old Testament, there's a story of an army of men who stood paralyzed in fear because of one giant man named Goliath. Every day he would come out and taunt them and encourage them to come out to battle and they wouldn't do it. They were they cowered in fear because that wall seemed too great for them to climb. And then a little preteen shepherd boy named David shows up. And he gives that situation over to God. And with a sling and a small stone, God used that young shepherd boy to bring victory because he surrendered to the Lord, that situation. Elijah had asked that widow, what do you have? And she said, got that one small jar of oil in the house. She's lost her husband, she's in debt, and they're threatening to take her sons away. She has down to her last little jar of oil. Now oil was used for lots of things back then. It was an expensive situation with that oil because they used it to cook, they used it to light their homes. And all she had left was one little jar. And Elisha tells her, you send your sons out. You go get all the empty jars you can find and you come back and you start pouring that oil out. Pouring the last thing she had, surrendering it all. And they bring the jars back and shut the door and they begin pouring, pouring that oil out. And that flow of oil continued until all the jars were full. She said, bring me another jar. We don't have any more, Mama. That's it. And that's when it stopped flowing. You see, she had to surrender it all to the Lord. To see the miracle happen. God wants us to do the same thing. He wants us to seek Him first. And then He wants us to surrender it all to Him. And when we do that, we can do the third thing. We can stand amazed at what God can do. This woman had no idea that the miracle was about to take place. He just said, what do you have in the house? She just had to trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, we sing. When all the jars were filled and there were none left, that's when the oil stopped flowing. In verse 7 of our text there that we read earlier, she goes and she tells him what happened. And Elisha says to her, go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. Because she sought God first and she surrendered what she had to Him. Now she's standing in amazement at what God can do. Aren't you glad we have a God that specializes in making small things big? In multiplying our needs and making them, meeting our needs, multiplying what we've got to meet our needs. He fed the 5,000. The scripture says they all ate and were satisfied and there was leftovers, 12 baskets full. In Luke chapter 6 and verse 38, it says, Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. God gives us more than we need when we seek Him and surrender to Him. You and I get into some tough spots sometimes, not sure which way to turn, and the path seems dim, and we can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. But friend, if you and I seek His help first, seek God's help first and surrender it all to Him, 
No matter how small and insignificant we think it might be, we cast our cares on Him. Surrender to Him our time, our talents, our finances. And we can stand amazed at what God can do. And then it's then, then and only then we can do the fourth thing, which is scale that insurmountable wall. Scale the wall. On the 21st of November 1963, just a day before he was assassinated, President Kennedy gave a speech in San Antonio at the medical center there, the opening of the new medical center in San Antonio. In that speech, he encouraged the nation to meet the challenges ahead. What looked like a wall in front of us in the space race. He, he encouraged the people to meet the challenges and difficulties that were to come. And this is what he said in that speech. President Kennedy says, Frank O'Connor, the Irish writer, tells in one of his books how, as a boy, he and his friends would make their way across the countryside. And when they came to an orchard wall that seemed too high and too, di too difficult and too doubtful to try, too difficult to permit their voyage to continue, they took off their hats, tossed them over the wall. And then they had no choice but to follow them. End quote. That's our President Kennedy speaking there. Friends, you and I find ourselves at the end of our rope sometimes. We hit rock bottom. We feel like we're up against the wall. It seems too high. How do we handle that situation? We need to seek God first. Come to Him for godly counsel first. Surrender everything we've got to Him. Let Him, let him multiply it and do what He needs to do. We place it in the Master's hands. And then we can stand amazed at what God can do. The widow, she surrendered everything she had to Him. And just like her, we can stand in amazement. When she did that, when she took that step of faith, that flow of oil continued. It continued flowing until she had enough there and all the jars were filled and it paid off her debts and set us free. In that same way, when we surrender our lives to Jesus, the crimson flow from Calvary continues to flow and it pays our sin debt and it sets us free and it allows us to spend eternity with Him when we come to Him by faith, confessing our sins and repenting when we hit the wall, we need to seek God, surrender it all to Him, stand amazed at what He can do, and by faith throw our hats over the wall. And then follow Jesus over as He helps us over. And He'll do just that. He'll help us get over that wall. We trust Him and throw our hats over the wall in faith. Is there some wall you're facing today, some insurmountable wall that looks like it's too hard to climb? Is it well with your soul? In a moment, we're going to sing this hymn, It's Well With My Soul. Can you sing that truthfully for yourself today? Or does the wall seem too high for you to climb? Friend, just throw your hat over the wall by faith and follow Jesus. He'll help you get over it. He'll save you. He'll help you scale that wall. Let's pray. Father, sometimes we find ourselves in situations that we can't see the way around. But if we come to you by faith and surrender all to you, 
our hats over the wall. Then you reach down and grab us and pull us over. Help us to trust you for that, Lord. Help us to trust you for salvation. If we've not today, today's the day. Speak to our hearts, Lord. Help us to come to you by faith. In Jesus' name we ask it.